As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Thursday, September 7th. This is On Deck. I'm Steven Nesbitt, and I'm joined by Levi Weaver. Levi, our two-year-old is starting soccer this weekend. What what comes after this? this? Is the first, like, extracurricular. Does it get worse? It gets both worse and better, depending on what your hope is. If you're looking for pure entertainment value, it does not get any better than right now. Watching herd ball, a bunch of children just, like, chasing each other. I remember when our daughter was... Uh, around the same age, probably three, three-ish, three, four, you know, just run out on the field, hug her friends, hold hands, you know, running around. The ball would come to her and she'd be like, what is this? What am I, uh, you know, so that was very entertaining, super fun. Um, if your hope is to be um, a very competitive parent and be like that dad in the stands, it's like, let's freaking go. Uh, it'll get better for you. Maybe not for your <laughs> child. Of course, that's my hope. Why would, why would I want to be anything different? And if your hope is to avoid those people, it's going to get worse from here. So that's my assessment as a, a father of a, uh, a a daughter who played two years of soccer and a son who played one year and was reasonably good at goalie and very not good at the rest of the game. And um, he decided one year was more than enough for him. So, Yeah, it's going to be fun because I have no idea how much of the concept of sports he gets at this point. We don't watch a ton of it. So he might run out there and just yeah, last time we went to another kid's game, he spent more time on the field than the other kid did as a oh, spectator cool. running running wild. He'd go to run to midfield and grab the cones that they'd set up, and he said, Dad, I grabbed the cones. And he'd, he'd go grab all the cones and stack them. So he's going to have fun doing whatever he does. That is exactly the level of professionalism you hope to see from that age group. So I love it. It's very entertaining. You can yell all you want and yell directions, and they're not going to hear you, first of all. And second, if they do, it's like, not right now, Dad. I am running wild. This moment is for me and me alone. It is for my id or super ego or whatever part it is that is your lizard brain. That's what children's sports is for. Just go let him lizard brain out and, and have a great time for a couple hours. Wear himself out. Take a nap. Let's talk about baseball. We've said all along this year. Well, I've said it, maybe not publicly, but in my head, uh, as someone who covered the Texas Rangers for a lot of years, there was just this this lingering, uh, intrusive thought in the back of my mind all year long. The Astros are coming. The Astros are coming. Get ready. The Astros are coming. And then for a moment, we thought it might be the Mariners. 
and they took over first place. But I knew all along in the back of my head, the Astros are coming. And now here they are. They are in first place. They have embarrassed the Rangers the last two nights. Jose Altuve is hitting home runs like he's Barry freaking Bonds. Here they are. I was right. Sometimes your intrusive thoughts are correct. And I will make sure to let my <laughs> therapist know that next time we speak. <laughs> so we're going to start off with them. We'll, we'll get on to our, you know, our regular shenanigans a little bit later. But we needed to start here because the Astros at time of recording, 79 and 61. One game up on Seattle, two games up on Texas, seven and three in their last 10 and, and they're finishing up a series against Texas Verlander against Scherzer. So we don't have the results at time of recording, but you know, certainly that's going to be a fun one. Jose Altuve. So he has three homers uh, in consecutive innings on Tuesday, meaning if you go back to the ninth inning on Monday, he'd homered in four straight innings and had five homers in two days. Ridiculous. And I wanted to read for you in case you didn't catch our Chandler Rome's story, uh, a quote from Martin Maldonado in this one. It's just beautiful. He's our main guy. If he goes, we go as a team. That guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. And everything you do, you feel like he's getting better and better, just like the wine. That's like future manager Martin Maldonado to quote. He's ready. And also uh, a head, a, a tip of the cap to his manager, Dusty Baker, who has a winery. That's right. Wow. There's winery stuff all over. We had a, we had a great story about this week about Tom Seaver. Uh, Indeed. The late yeah. Tom Seaver's winery. Wow. Just so much good winery content. I've had a sip of uh, Dusty Baker's wine. He he left a couple of bottles for uh, Tony Beasley last year. You know, Beasley had taken over as manager when Chris Woodward was fired. And and uh, Beasley told Baker, we were in Houston, and he goes, I'm going to kick your butt and I'm going to drink your wine. And, you know, friendly. He was not, like, being a jerk about it. But Tony Beasley does not have it in him to be a jerk. He's one of the nicest people in the game. But uh, so ahead of time, he told us that. We saw the, the bottles of wine in the, in the clubhouse. And we were like, so Bees, if you... If you do follow through and you kick his butt, you have to share your wine with all of us now that you've told us that story. So sure enough, into the game, uh, the Rangers won that night and we all got, you know, like like that much of Dusty Baker's wine. <laughs> How was it? Was it good? It was good. Yeah, we had a, it was a white and it was a it was pretty sweet, not overly sweet. I'm not really one of those wine connoisseurs. In fact, I, like I don't even drink anymore, but it did taste like wine. It was very whiny. I was detecting some grapes. Tannins. Hint of grapes in the white wine, so... Yeah, nice. Anyway, all that to say, the Astros are here. They're not going away. They're rounding into typical late season, going into the postseason Astros form. They have not been impressive for most of the year. They have not looked like their normal selves. And yet here we are, September 6th as we record, 7th as you hear this, and the Astros are in first place. They still have all of the pieces you need to make a ton of noise come the postseason we knew they were going to be here and there was really no question right the whole time like are they going to at least get a wild card spot yeah they'll figure out a way to get there there was really even if the mariners started in the first place and someone has to fall out it's it's not going to be houston the, the lineup they're running out there when healthy now and they think they're pretty much a full health lineup wise jose altuve jeremy pena who's been much better lately jordan alvarez alex bregman kyle tucker you kind of figure it out after that Right. Jose Abreu has, has been better lately, but, you know, not a good season. Michael Brantley starting slow. Chaz McCormick's been good. Maldonado can't hit his way out of a paper bag, but they still like what he does. Yanner Diaz has 21 bombs. He's like finding a way into the lineup, but still is kind of strangely their odd man out. And Mauricio Dubon has been really good in stretches when, when he's been needed. So that lineup really like no no weak spots beyond Maldonado in my mind, because I, I still trust Abreu and Brantley in big moments. Yeah, and even Maldonado has 13 bombs this year. He's he's not a good big league hitter. He's there for his defense and, you know, clubhouse presence and all of that. But it's it's 
they still got a little pop in there. It still comes out once in a while, so that's it's a very good lineup. And then you know the the rotation has been pretty inconsistent. Justin Verlander, I think, is going to go a long way toward anchoring that a little bit. Framber Valdez has been kind of hit and miss. They've had a couple of guys out with injury, but their offense is what's going to carry them through. And I am just hoping that somebody in the American League finds a way to bump them out. No offense, Astros fans. It's not. Uh, this is not my Rangers background coming out. I am just, uh, I said this on a podcast earlier today, like I get bored very easily. So, you know, last year was the Astros and the Phillies. I don't want to see the Astros or the Phillies in the World Series this year. I don't want to, the Dodgers have been good for a long time. The Braves have been good for a long time. I don't want to see either. Give me, give me the Reds or the Brewers in the National League. And in the American League, I'd like to see the Orioles or the Mariners or the Rangers. Rangers haven't been to a World Series in over a decade. So yeah, one of those three, give me, give me a team that hasn't been there in a while. Yeah, Orioles would be fun. You put that park out there that, you know, no righties can hit homers. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's a lefty, lefty palooza, those lineups. What I'm going to be interested to see, because the Astros are essentially running back with the, with the same guys, especially with Verlander back, is what are they able to do with the way they deploy their arms in the postseason? Valdez, Verlander are locks for the rotation. After that, it's probably Hunter Brown or Christian Javier. My guess would be Javier, although maybe they think he could do more interesting things in a two-inning, three-inning stint or whatever out of the bullpen. And after that, this bullpen still is crazy. It's uh, Presley, Neris, Abreu, Graveman, Montero is like your back end. That's like five dudes in your back that, that are legitimately like eighth, ninth inning type guys. Even and Ryan then, Stanek. Like, Phil, Phil, who, Stanek who is injured right now. Recently, but, but yeah. Yeah. You throw Stanek, Phil Maton, Jose Arquidi is there, JP France, and then whoever you didn't pick uh, the back of that rotation, Hunter Brown or Javier. There's so much stuff they can do there. So they're obviously... a just like supercharged, well-armed team. The host of the Padres over the weekend to look forward here. It's going to be Hunter Brown against Blake Snell, Christian Javier against Seth Lugo and JP France against Rich Hill. I'm going advantage Houston in that one. Maybe the first series Snell, you know, surely has an advantage over Brown, but should be a good one. And that's, uh, that's our Astros talk. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Let's move on to our series of the week. Uh, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Oh, I'd love to go first because we are getting back to really what built this podcast from the ground up, which was fish talk. Uh, the Marlins, we haven't talked about them in a little bit. However, 71 to 67, they have won five games in a row at time of recording are just a half game back of the wild card. The where they sit is just behind Cincinnati and just ahead of the D-backs and Giants. It's still a very gettable spot, I think. I don't think I don't think you're gonna feel like that last wild card team is really a, a huge threat. But if you're in, you're in, right? And so, the way this team has gone lately, uh, Luis Arias is, is back to being good. We're kind of forgetting about 
how good he is because he he did hit a little bit of a summer at lull where his uh, batting average dropped to like you know 360. But the way they've put things together, Jake Berger's been great for them since they got him. Jeff Chisholm was healthy and and back going strong. The whole outfield is really clicking there despite uh, not having. DH, I'm blanking. Former Tiger, White Sox. I'm gonna find this. Hold no, on. of course. Hold on. Avisail Garcia is the. Uh... Avisail. Yes, he's uh he's been injured, strained hamstring, but they still have figured things out. Um, uh, just fine without him in that rotation. I mean, Yuri Perez, spoiler, did not have a great outing his last time out. Uh, we'll get back to him, but with Alcantara, um, Jesus Lazardo, Braxton Garrett, and Yuri Perez. I mean, that's uh that is not a rotation you want to face in the postseason. Most you can say that about a lot of teams, but even if that bullpen doesn't scare you and the lineup doesn't scare you, it's kind of like a, a hockey goalie, right? They can they can maybe steal a game for you. You could lose a lot of two to one games against the Marlins with that rotation. So the Phillies on the other side, spending less time on them because they honestly this matters more to the Marlins. The Phillies are in pretty good position, four and a half up uh, from the end of that wild card. Kyle Schwarber had a great story from Matt Gelb, our Phillies writer, sort of coming to terms with his profile as like the strangest leadoff hitter we'll see in our lifetimes. And we're still kind of waiting for that offense to explode. They're good enough to get there. They're in good position. And uh, the way this one shapes up is Yuri Perez against Christopher Sanchez in game one, Johnny Cueto against Aaron Nola, and Sandy Alcantara against Ranger Suarez. You'd love to have Zach Wheeler in this series, but they're kind of saving. Uh, He's going to line up to go against the Braves. Much bigger series there. So that is my series of the week. How about you? I am going with a a series that has some... National League wildcard implications. I'm going with the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. The D-backs at time of recording are a game back for that third NL wildcard position. It was not long, just like a couple of days ago, that the Reds, Marlins, Diamondbacks, and Giants were all four tied for the third NL wildcard position in September. I love the tension. I love the drama. I wish we were still doing like tiebreaker play-in games and I would you know, all four of them to tie and they have to do like a round robin in Puerto Rico or something to figure it out. <laughs> but right now is at the time of recording, the Reds are half game up on the on the Marlins and then the Diamondbacks are, are a game back. They are uh, 71 and 68. The Marlins 71 and 67. The Reds 73 and 68. Uh, it, the Diamondbacks are still very much alive. The Cubs, meanwhile, they are three games up there in the second uh, wildcard spot, three games up on the Reds. Looking at both of these teams, you have to give the Cubs the nod. They are clearly a better team at 75 and 64. They're 7 and 3 in their last 10. The Diamondbacks drifting a little bit. Again, they're 3 and 7 in their last 10. Justin Steele for the Cubs has looked like an ace. His last two outings has not given up a run and not facing bad teams either. Facing the Brewers and the aforementioned Giants, he's got a combined, what, 14 innings with no runs and 20 strikeouts, three walks, a total of eight hits. So, yeah. Pretty good stuff from Justin Steele lately. Kyle Hendricks is pretty good, but is similar to the Astros. You look at the rest of the rotation after those two. Is it Drew Smiley? Is it Jamison Tyon? Is it Hayden Wisniewski? Is Marcus Stroman going to find his way back into good health in time for the postseason? Those three guys that I mentioned, respectively, have ERAs of 518, 573, and 483. Uh, that's not scary at all. So on the other hand, you look at the Diamondbacks and... You know, I, I like to go with recent stats or like, you know, the last two weeks. Well, I went ahead and looked at some full season stats on the Diamondbacks. Did you know that they have one batter on their entire roster with a batting average? And I know batting average. It's a very basic fundamental stat that doesn't tell us everything, oh, but it tells us so something. It tells us something. And there's only one Diamondback with a season average over 280. Would you like to guess who that is? Um, Ketel Marte. No. 
That is incorrect. Corbin Carroll. Uh, that is also incorrect. It Tom is Pham. No, 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 no. Let me go. Tommy Pham. No. He's on the 60-day IL. Oh. Mm. Uh, Nick Ahmed. It's a guy that I've definitely heard of before. Josh Rojas, who got traded. No. Oh, you've definitely heard of uh No, did you see my face when I said that? I've definitely heard of this guy. Dominic something? There we go. Dominic Fletcher is hitting Fletcher. 280. And yeah. he's leading the team in batting average. Good segment. Can we do it again next time? Yeah, it's Radio Gold. Uh, there are three guys with an OPS of over 800. You already named all three of them. Christian Walker at 874. He's got 30 home runs. Cattell Marte, 837. He's got 21 home runs. Corbin Carroll, 883. He has 24 home runs. That's it. Over 800 OPS for the season. Their other guy that's in their top four in home runs, Lourdes Gurriel, he has 22. He only has a 306 on-base percentage. That's not very good. And in fifth place... In home runs on the team, and I know you don't need nine home run hitters, but you know, look at the Braves. They've got a million guys <laughs> with 50 home runs. Evan Longoria is fifth place in home runs for the Diamondbacks. He has a total of 11 for the season. This is not this is not murderer's row in Arizona. They are relying on their pitching. Longoria has a 295 on base percentage. It's not good times for their lineup. But their pitching has been pretty good, and you know, if you have good pitching, you can kind of get by uh, in this league. I don't think they're scary if they make it to the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be the one of those four teams that makes it to the playoffs, but they have an opportunity here to knock the Cubs down a peg, and that that can happen at any point in the season. So it'll be an interesting one to watch, especially if you care about either of those two teams. But if you care about NL baseball at all, I think that's a pretty fascinating series. Yeah, two notes there. The Cubs, first off, they're just rolling out these pitchers that, as a fan, kind of infuriate you, the opposing fan. I'm like, how can you not square this guy up? Justin Steele's rocking like a 91 mile an hour fastball from the from the left side, and Kyle Hendricks uh, probably throws like 88. I don't have him pulled up right now. It's so irritating when you're watching those games. Like, how are you not? That one was right on the edge. I know, but can't you see that and, and, and square it up the other way? I know that Kyle Hendricks doesn't wear overalls when he pitches, but it just seems <laughs> like he's wearing overalls when he pitches. The other thought was. Uh, something Eno Saris had mentioned on Rates and Barrels was if things go sideways here for the Diamondbacks, uh, or even you, kind of either way, you can make the argument: would they possibly think about calling up shortstop Jordan Lawler for a little bit, a bit of help down the stretch run, or just a little bit of experience in the stretch run? Lawler is a, a fantastic prospect and would be adding to their lineup in in a number of ways right now. Um, so it's something to watch here in the rest of September. <laughs> You know what time it is. It's time for the On Deck Arcade. We got a lot to catch up on here because we skipped the Labor Day episode. We took the day off. Good for us. We deserved it. The first thing to catch up on was the Homer Chase. Uh, last week, uh, as the good listener knows, cumulative total. We pick a, a hitter each week. We count up the homers they gave us that week. We add them to the, to the pile for the season. Last week, I picked Max Olsen. I cashed in that one. <clears throat> with the Braves and you had Max Kepler a couple of Maxes going head to head unfortunately only one homer it went Olsen's direction and so I took a 25 to 22 lead and we picked just so everyone knows this is all fair and square we picked on Monday prior to games we texted about who we wanted for this week I picked Jose Ramirez and you picked do you remember oh I do I, I picked Julio Rodriguez I was surprised that I hadn't picked him yet this year yeah, this is a good time for it too. So that will move us on to the arms race. Our results from last week, catch up on those. Levi, you take Eduardo Rodriguez for the Tigers against the White Sox. You said, quote, I'll take the easy win here. And I don't think you meant it like that. You just meant like the only Tigers pitcher you'd want. However, he goes six and two thirds, six hits, one run, 
Zero homers, two walks, seven strikeouts. It's a 68. It's a great outing for him. 68 game score 2.0 for those who haven't followed. Every week we pick one starting pitcher, put them head to head, and uh, take their game score 2.0, which you can find on fangraphs.com. Uh, game score 2.0 starts with you can get 40 points free for throwing your first pitch. And so anything uh, above that, you did something productive for your team. And anything below that, you had a horrible day. So we move on to Yuri Perez of the Marlins. Four and two thirds innings, five hits. Three runs all earned, three homers. And you'll know the game score 2.0 hates homers. And three walks also hates it, and five strikeouts. So he got a 31. He went backward. And so Bad. Levi takes this one again. Yes. It is Levi up 13 to 4 in the season series. I am playing out the string. Don't have a whole lot to play for, but I'm I'm trying. I'm putting my effort out there. Congratulations. So this week, I thought it would be kind of funny to just pick a terrible pitcher. And like you know, the proverbial like putting in a position player because you're up by 20 runs. Uh, I decided not to do that though because I think Andrew Abbott of the Reds has has earned pick. Like he needs he he's somebody who deserves to have been chosen for this game, and so I gotta I gotta give him his due. Also, he's playing the Cardinals, so that should be uh, a relatively easy assignment for him as compared to you know a playoff team. So there's my pick, Andrew Abbott, Cincinnati Reds, lock it in. It's a good pick. I'm gonna go. Back to one of the favorites, and I think he's starting this weekend. Spencer Strider against the Pirates on Sunday. He should line up. He could, could get pushed to the next game. I don't know. Currently, he lines up for that game. But uh, maybe if uh, maybe if he doesn't pitch, he'll be kind enough to give me a Charlie Morton-sized mulligan uh, if that happens and give me him the previous day. So we'll, so, uh, we'll see how you're feeling. So rules of the game, just for clarity, if he doesn't pitch on that day, but he does pitch you know, a couple days later and it's against a different team. Does that count? Like you I think just it has get whatever to be over the weekend. I think Thursday or Sunday is our window. Okay. But if he doesn't pitch in the game that you think, but he pitches like the, yeah, so it'd still be against the Only Pirates if it's either the way. Weekend still. Yeah. Right. So it'd still be against like the Pirates. Like if he was supposed so to, if he was supposed to pitch Thursday and he pitched Sunday, I think we'd be in the clear. But if he doesn't pitch till Tuesday, I think I'm, I'm out. I don't know. We've got a whole week between. It should count. Like just, you know, that's part of the, the danger is they might, push him a, a couple days and then he, then instead of the pirates he's facing who are they who are they facing then uh it would be the phillies if he doesn't pitch against the pirates so that'd be a tougher assignment all right levi that'll do it for us time for us to hit the exits thank you for listening thanks to brian for producing today's show you can find our work all week long at theathletic.com this is a great time to sign up for the athletic the summer sale is ongoing for just a little bit more time subscribe to the athletic for one dollar per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show Sign up for The Windup, the Athletics Daily Baseball Newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Coming up next in your feed, The 3-0 Show. DVR is out, being a great dad, but you'll get Britt Giroli and Eno Saris. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 3-2-EFUS, and I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. Enjoy Thursday Night Football. A lot of people are saying it's the Lions year. We'll be back on Monday with more of what's on deck. It's the Lions year. A lot of people are saying it. Who are the Lions even playing? <laughs> the Chiefs. The defending oh, chance. yeah, it's going to go super well for them. <laughs> Thanks.